Alidas Tool and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oskar Slotosch. My name is Oskar Slotosch. I'm working for Validas and I'm an expert in tool qualification. And I'm Ivana Kuricic, your friendly representative of the audience. And today we are talking about definitions in software qualification. I think we should de try to define the words in the title of the podcast. And the podcast is called Tool and Library Qualification Podcast. And within this episode, we are going to define what is Tool and Library Qualification about. Tool and Library Qualification, of course, is something Validas does from morning to evening. Yes. This is, this is something you're experts in and this is your bread and butter. So as experts, how would you summarize what is a tool, what is a library, and what is qualification after all? Well, all of it uh, is in the field of safety-related uh, software. So tool is something you're using to develop a product. So it can be a code generator, compiler, testing tool. Those are tools that are used to develop your product. And the library is something that goes into the product. So the tool remains on your PC or your development computer, while the library and other software go into the product. And both of it can impose risks to the safety of the product. So the tool can do bad things and the library can do bad things. And that's why they both need qualification. In practice, is there a difference with how you approach qualifying a tool and a library, given that they are so different? Yes, of course, there are differences. Um, because if something is part of the product, it's much more dangerous if it fails. If it's only part of your development environment, then it's not so dangerous. A tool is less critical uh, than the library, of course. What makes a tool less critical than a library? Because it's uh, not completely part of the product and uh, therefore you have to do less requirements, maybe. I also say it like this. For a tool, you are allowed to mitigate the risks by saying, okay, I use a tool safely and then I can detect if something is going wrong. But if it's something is in your product, it's very hard to detect that something has, has, is wrong. And therefore, the library is uh, more critical than the tool. So in essence, what you're trying to say is that if we have a tool, there's still a chance we can fix it because we can notice something is happening before we put it in a done product. You can fix a tool, but this is means usually to remove a bug. Uh, I mean, fixing something and working with a tool that has a bug is a different thing. So you somehow have to accept the bug and have to ensure that it doesn't impact your product. So you can use a tool safely when working with it and uh, let's say carefully by checking its results, comparing it with other results uh, from other tools and, and thus reducing the criticality of the tool. At the end, it's avoiding tool qualification. You can avoid to qualify a tool, but you cannot avoid to qualify a library. Why not? Yeah, because the library is part of the product and you uh, usually don't have redundancy and other things on the library level in your product. Are libraries generally bigger pieces of software than tools? No, it's the other way around. So typically the tools you are working with are big tools, so several million lines of code, for example, for a single compiler that you're using. That's a, that's a big, big tool. And uh, for the target, especially in embedded uh, systems, you are 
tend to have smaller things and you will never come up with the idea to add a complete tool to the target. So that's nothing. The target is typically a small device and it also costs not so much as a typical computer you're working with. You mentioned in our first episode that if you are not sure about the safety of your tool, you may want to try using a redundancy of two compilers and seeing whether you get the same result. Do people sometimes use two libraries and try to see if pulling from them gives them the same result as well? Yes, that is a possibility in general to reduce the risk level. So um, you can decompose your system and uh, most safety standards allow this. Then you have two systems doing the same thing and both are less critical than the sum. Now that we know what a tool is and what a library is, what is qualification? Well, qualification means um, making it fit for its purpose. So it's a a bit like a a human. You can be qualified to drive a car by making driver lessons. And a tool can be qualified in two ways to be safe. So either by testing it and and, uh, qualifying it and uh, examining whether it's doing things right or not. It's like the driver's examination. Or you can do it by avoiding tool qualification in the sense that you use the tool carefully and somehow have, uh, let's say, the, the driver le- lesson, the driver teacher driving beside you and paying attention that you don't do something wrong. So that's a bit the analogy of, of <laughs> qualification as well. So I think um, tool qualification means making the tool qualified for its usage. That's also important part, qualified for its usage. So it's not qualified to do everything you can do with a tool, but qualified to be used within, the, within your project. But if we wanted to say whether we should qualify something or avoid qualification, don't the tools that avoid qualification end up a bit more bloated than the ones that are straightforward to the goal from A to B? You have to find your driver to take you there. You can't just sit behind a wheel. Yes, that's uh, that's true. In tool qualification, we call this the tool safety manual, which is somehow restricting the tool user to do something or not to do something. But that's uh, part of the tool qualification to give the tool user a tool safety manual telling him what to do and not to do. How does this process come to be? How do you figure out what should be in a safety manual? How to limit the usage of a piece of software? Well, that comes out from classification. The user has to perform the classification. And um, depending on how he's using the tool, which feature he's using, he might uh, come to different classification results. So sometimes a tool might be critical, meaning that it has to be qualified. And for another user, it might not be critical, meaning it has not to be qualified. So that's classification. Are there different methods that can be used to qualify a tool? There are different methods to qualify a tool. A good example is ISO 26262. There are four different qualification methods described. The first one is confidence from use. The second one is process assessment. The third one is validation. And the fourth one is development according to a safety standard. And do all these methods produce equivalent results? No, there are differences within these methods. Some methods are more rigorous than other ones. For example, confidence from use or process assessment are not so highly recommended for the higher ASIL, so they are only applicable for ASIL A and ASIL B in ISO 26262. 
while validation is applicable up to AZLD. Aside from these well-described methods of qualification, is there anything else we can do, or do we just have to stick to the prescribed rules? Yes, of course, you can qualify a tool with different methods. You can argue differently, but you always have to um, explain the application, the safety level. For example, you can define your own method, but you have to argue why this is applicable up to a given ASIL or a safety level. And that's not so easy. And uh, because the only way to argue is that you can say, yes, we are doing this and this from this method, and this is already already applicable, and there's a lot of argumentation required. And some people, for example, TÜVs, they do have their own qualification method, which is not explicitly listed in the ISO 26262. And they can argue, well, we do a combination, we do a bit of this method and a bit of this method and much of this method, and therefore we have this ASIL. ASILD is, of course, what they all desire. And with regards to qualification and different methods of qualification, isn't certification also a good way to gain confidence in the safety of our tool? Well, of course, a certificate is something that you can trust. However, you have to look what is certified. And um, usually the certification comes after the qualification. So you can qualify a tool and then get a certificate that it is, has been qualified successfully. So certification alone is not a tool qualification method. And the ISO 26262 does not even mention certification as a qualification method or in any other place. So this is sometimes only used as marketing. You can say, hey, we have a certificate from a good certification authority. And of course, it also sometimes shortens the process. So when you say, hey, I trust the certificate, then I might not need to qualify the tool in case the certificate really applies to you. So you have to see how the tool has been qualified, which environment the tool has been qualified before getting the certificate. But I think we will have another episode on certification. And when you classify something, you put it in a class, right? Yes. Who comes up with these? Where do well, you take them? The safety standard come up with those uh, classes. And basically there are two classes. One meaning needs to be qualified and the other meaning doesn't need to be qualified. However, the safety standards name them differently. So in ISO 262, there is a classification is called TCL, meaning tool confidence level. Uh, in ISC, it's called T1, T2, T3. Those are classes uh, and examples of classes. But every domain, every industry is free to define their own standards that should be more or less compliant with this. And automotive industry decided, well, that's a big standard. Maybe we can do it a bit easier and simpler. And then they come up with ISO 26262. And at the end, I would say it's the same amount of rigor. But of course, the classific classes are different. So you can easy better determine what happens if a car crashes or if an airplane crashes. So you have different amounts of risks and therefore it really makes sense to have your own domain-specific standard. So these standards, are they fairly new? No, they are not uh, so new. So safety standards exist since uh, 20, 30 and even more years. And they get reworked every 10 years more or less. So... We have seen the ISO 262 appearing within uh, end of last year, end of 2018, a new version. And the first version appeared in 2011. And before we had only the IEC 61508. Uh, so those are the cycles in which those safety standards are developed. 
So every decade or so, somebody notices things have changed in this industry. We should update it. Yes, and um, the standards update slowly. So, for example, currently we have these machine learning trends uh, and artificial intelligence and the safety standards still have, let's say, only two or five pages on dealing with data and uh, other hundreds of pages dealing with software. And now things change and you have more data than software in your car. So uh, the standards need to be adapted and um, need to come up with more rigorous and more detailed descriptions on how to treat data and how to make data safe. And that's uh, something that will happen in the future and people are working on that. That sounds fantastic. It's going to be an exciting field in the next few years. But other than doing tool and library qualification, couldn't you analyze the system and try to find roundabout methods? Well, uh, many safety experts do this, and um, we are specialized on tool and library qualification, um, which is a very specific topic. And um, we also think that that is a growing topic because um, libraries are good for reusing things and you want to reuse more and more parts of the software and then uh, it's good to have them qualified and also the tools are getting more and more important uh, by the growing need for more hardware, um, more complex systems, by neural networks that are created by a new categories of tools and um, tested by tools and all the data handling tools. And we will have also, let's say, if you have a, a, a map in your car that is computed from a tool, then you are, might get into the question, is, is my server safe? And mm-hmm. is the tool is running on the server safe? Or do they provide me with the wrong information that will lead my car to the wrong direction? So this is uh, really many things that uh, we think that it is enough for us to concentrate on tools and libraries and not to uh, improve the whole system and the whole world. Interesting is maybe that we do have safety levels, which are automotive safety levels in ISO 262 or in other standards difference. And um, they are determined by a risk analysis. So you say, okay, I'm having here a break. Uh, and what happens if I, uh, the brake fails? Okay, then I can die within my car. Uh, do I have a way to control it? Well, I have a second brake, but that's not so good to control it on the highway and whatever. So there's a bad probability that I control it. And also the frequency in which you are using it. So it's, uh, of course, your brake every, uh, every minute or every hour you are driving with the car. So always you have to have the brake there in place. This analysis is called HARA, meaning hazard and risk analysis, and has to be performed in the beginning of each project. And the hazard and risk analysis is uh, evaluating the risks of your system. But there is another analysis for the tool classification. That's also like a hazard and risk analysis. You're analyzing the risks of your tool and say, okay, this tool is critical, can introduce an error, can oversee an error, or this tool is uncritical. And in fact, it has also to be done as early as part of the safety plan. So you shouldn't do it at the end of your project and then determine, ooh, this testing tool is critical. So we need to do something about it. That's not a good, that's not recommended. The critical tools are the ones that are responsible for some safety level that that happens in the environment, correct? Well, the critical tools are... uh, All tools need to be classified and qualified. And the critical tools 
typically turn out to be the one at the input of your uh, development chain and at the end of the development chain. So who can detect when uh, when you lose a requirement? So if you have a requirements management tool that loses a requirement, you will never implement it. And at the end, if you just flash your software to the target and something went wrong with that or goes wrong with that, then you also at the end. Uh, so those tools are typically quite critical because in the middle of the tool chain, you have so many tools that are able to detect each uh, the errors vice versa. So one tool can detect the error of another tool and you can have a bit of, uh, let's say, a tool chain, we call this. And within a tool chain, there's a high probability that you can detect errors or, of course, you need to argue about this, but this is a way you can make tool chains safe. Validas. Safety for your tools and libraries. Contact us at www.validas.de and ask for a free strategy talk. So what's the worst, most convoluted error you have found in your work? That is definitely the optimization of a compiler. So compilers do a lot of good and cool things in order to make the program run faster and use less, less memory and so on. And there are so many rules and so many ideas the programmers and developers of compiler have that they are not good documented to, to two reasons. One is the good developers sometimes are not good documenters. And the other, that's, that's really vendor-specific great know-how. So uh, if you would know the optimizations uh, within the Microsoft uh, compiler, so you would be really uh, a very very important person and for especially for other people that want to build compilers and some companies treat compiler optimization as their secrets and therefore it's very hard to qualify because you can qualify only things you specify and you can put uh, the evidence to it and it's not easy to test an optimization rule. We are specialized on tool qualification and we think this to be an interesting and growing topic because more and more people working with tools, analysis tools, code generators, um, neural network generating tools. Uh, there are so many tools and becoming more and more in order to be able to handle the complexity of the system and the hardware. And that's why we think the tool qualification is becoming more and more important and you will see more and more errors in tools that are not qualified correctly. Thank you for joining us for the second episode of the Validas podcast. I have been Ivana Kuricic. And Oskar Sotosh. Thank you and until next time. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. And don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validas.